We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Wrestling with the Basics. I'm Matt Youngblood Clark, a pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. Uh, my partner, uh, Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, he's, well, running a little late today. Uh, however, since we have a special guest with us, we're going to go ahead and start the interview. So, who do we have here with us today? Uh, my, my, my name is Vincent. Uh, I'm a reindeer. And on behalf of the equal time provisions of the FCCC, the Federal Cash and Carry Commission, I am here to present to you the true meaning of Christmas. So a reindeer. Uh, Pastor John uh, said he was going to invite some holiday characters to speak with us. Uh, As a reindeer, what is your concern about the meaning of Christmas? Well, you know, I, I, I was listening to your show, and a lot of reindeers are all faithful listeners to wrestling with the basics. Oh, do you mean they listen for the, the clever wit, the insightful Bible study? Well, I, I've, I've never noticed either of those, uh, but the show is particularly <laughs> soothing when you're trying to get to sleep at night. <laughs> but, but one restless evening, however, I, I actually did hear you uh, commenting on the decline of public sentiment regarding the holiday at Christmas. It never occurred to me that might be a concern to a reindeer. Well, it does, and I agree. Christmas is not what it used to be. I, I, I remember the glory days of Christmas when, when people would rush through their Thanksgiving dinner so they could get to Walmart and buy the limited edition Christmas Barbie before the supplies ran out. I, I remember years before that when people would camp outside the Best Buy at 3.30 in the morning so they could get a 25-inch full-color television with quadraphonic sound at half price. You had to get there early because there was only a hundred available. <laughs> well, I'm not sure those changes are what Pastor John and I were. Hey, hey, just just be quiet. I'm I'm trying to talk here. Now there's no respect for Christmas. People order stuff online. They drive into the Target parking lot and expect workers to bring their purchases out to them. That's not respectful. That's not Christmas. Christmas is fighting the crowds, stepping on people's toes, arm wrestling a 30-year-old woman for the last cabbage patch doll. Oh, man, I miss those days. <laughs> Again, that's not really the Christmas issue we were talking about, although we appreciate your opinion. Uh, by the way, uh, Vincent, that's an interesting name. I remember Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but I don't recall a Vincent. <sighs> Just my luck, all of the announcers in the world, and I have to get a reindeer expert. Yeah, that's right, Pastor Clark. You don't recognize my name. At 2,452 pounds, I didn't make the eight tiny reindeer cut. But let me tell you, them reindeer are just a bunch of prima donnas anyway. Do you know that Santa's sleigh is magical? He don't even need any reindeer to pull it. 
And now that he's got next rad radar, he doesn't even need Rudolph. Now me, I'm a working reindeer. Every day I'm busting my haunches pulling those lard bottom phony sanders from mall to mall. <laughs> so if you want to make something out of my name not being on the top ten list of reindeer, go right ahead and see what happens. I'm sorry, Vincent. Didn't mean to make anything out of your name. Well, you better not. Now let me get on with my message. Okay. I am here to tell your listeners that the true meaning of Christmas is this. It's plain and simple. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, actually, as a Christian, Vincent, uh, we would look at things a little differently. <sighs> look, 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 look. I, I got nothing against you Christians. Your little baby Jesus story is a major contributor to Christmas commerce. <laughs> you know how much money is made in plastic wise men alone? <laughs> and, and angels. Oh, man, whoever thought that up was a marketing genius. Not only are they great sellers at the holidays, but you can peddle them all year round. Well, I don't mean to argue with you, but I think there's more to the Christmas story than just plastic wise men. Huh? Well, yes, at the heart of the Christmas story is something just the opposite of what you're saying. A Christmas is not about buying, but about giving. In fact, it's about what God gave to us at Christmas, something you and I could never buy. Indeed, he doesn't want us to buy it. It's a free gift, his son Jesus, to be our Savior. But what kind of baloney are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm saying that Christians... Uh, for Christians, Christmas isn't about buying, it's about giving. Uh, God gave his son freely out of love. It was an expensive gift, no doubt about that, but not one that could be measured in gold or silver. Our Christmas gifts flow out of the freely given love of God. Some of the best gifts I've received weren't that expensive at all, uh, but came from his love. A kiss for my wife, a hug for my children— those are gifts that money can't buy. You, you, you know, <laughs> that, that sounds a little bit red to me, Pastor Clark, and I'm not talking about the color of your nose. If you want to keep espousing ideas that, like, maybe you ought to go back to Russia, where you came from, huh? You know what? If people start believing that garbage that you spew in there, they might start spending more time with their families and with their church than in the shopping malls. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. Are you are you trying to make trouble for me, Pastor Clark? You you don't want to make trouble for me, Pastor Clark. Eight tiny eight tiny reindeer may just make a clatter on your roof, but if I come down, there's going to be some serious shingle damage. <laughs> oh, no, no, no! I'm not I'm not trying to make trouble. I'm just trying to say I think there's more to the heart of Christmas than just money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to make me out like I'm some cold-hearted money changer. Hey, we who believe in commerce have our Christmas sentiment, too. I must admit, I, I get teary-eyed when I hear the jingle-jangle of the money in the cash register, when I see men and women of all ages and colors gathered together in the shopping malls. Why, I even have a favorite Christmas slogan, just like you Christians. Oh, like peace on earth, goodwill toward man. No, shop till you drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Vincent, but we don't seem to be getting anywhere here.
Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to get somewhere, all right. <laughs> I'm going to be watching you, Pastor Clark. And if I don't see your ugly mug at Plaza Frontenac or West County Mall or at the Galleria, me and my reindeer friends may just have to do a little tap dance on the roof of your car. <laughs> you just think about that, Pastor Clark. And now to all your listeners, just let me say Merry Christmas to all. And to all of you, you better get out there and start shopping. Or me and my boys are going to pay a little midnight visit to your rooftop. And we won't be there to slide down your chimney with a bag full of goodies, if you know what I mean. I hope I make myself perfectly clear. Goodbye, <laughs> Pastor Clark. Well, I'm going to be sleeping with one eye open now. <laughs> Where where does Pastor Jolly John Lekumski find these guests anyway? <laughs> Matt, Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, Pastor John, nice of you to show up. Yeah, well, I just got did did, did 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 he show up? Did Vincent show up? Oh yeah, Vincent was here. All right, yeah, he gave us an all earful. Right. Well, you know, I I'm, I I just went online and looked for the speakers, you know, reindeer speakers, and his is the first name that That's came right. up. So I hope everything went fine. <laughs> Discount reindeer speakers, is that what you <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, we don't have a big yeah. budget here. I know. It's a, yeah, <laughs> so we don't so get Rudolph. Gonna... <laughs> Got Vincent. <laughs> well, great, great. Not, not, not... I can't wait for next week, John. Yeah. Two more guests. Oh, we have the I, elf. I... The elf. Yeah, the great. Discount, I, I, that speaker bureau. The discount speaker. We got him from the discount speaker bureau, too. The elf. I, I feel like yeah. this is, uh, you know, Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and we were visited by three ghosts here. And I just got, <laughs> got visited by the ghost of, like, the Yonkers Christmas or something. I don't know where this venture guy came from. Uh, now, you, anyway. were, you were telling me, though, you had some thoughts, though, about this whole thing. Though, oh, man. I've got lots of thoughts <laughs> after that interview. <laughs> Oh boy, let me tell you my thoughts, John. Uh, but no, here's 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 one one salutary thought. Hopefully, okay. Um, it's, it's just, it's just as we, think, we need something salutary. Salutary. <laughs> now, when you think about uh, Christmas, and you know, certainly Vincent, boy, sadly, Vincent does sort of reflect probably a lot of people's mindsets. You know, more or less that you know, Christmas is about buying and and uh, rece- giving and receiving gifts. Um, and that just got me thinking, you know, for, for us as Christians uh, and non-Christians, right, unbelievers, uh, we're probably going to have a similar spread on our Christmas uh, table this year, uh, maybe a ham and, and all the fixings and desserts and Christmas cookies, of course. Uh, and we'll probably well, have gifts under the Christmas tree, Christians, non-Christians alike. Um, you know, after all, uh, God, he, he in his mercy, blesses all, right? You know, Jesus talks about in, in Matthew's gospel, he makes rain fall on the just and the unjust, and he makes the sun shine on, on the wicked and the, the righteous. Uh, he provides for everyone. Uh, but the difference is, as Christians, is that we know that. We, have, we are blessed to, to know that, that we have a God who loves us so very much that he is the one who has provided you know, the ham on the table, the Christmas cookies, the gifts under the tree. He's the one who's provided us with those things. And so I think that makes Christmas uh, all the more joyful, right? Um, I think of uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, the, the fourth petition, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And, and Luther in the small catechism writes this. He says, um, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone, even without our prayers. He's, he's just that loving. Uh, he says, even to evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. 
So for, for us at Christmas, that's one of my prayers, is that God would lead us to realize that everything that we're blessed with at Christmas, a God has given to us. And that makes the, the celebration all the more joyful. And, and of course, uh, as the, uh, the interview pointed out as well, uh, the, the greatest gift of all, of course, Jesus Christ. And to know that out of love, uh, God has provided uh, the gift of his very own son uh, to give us that gift of, of forgiveness and life and salvation in him. Um, so yeah, a change in perspective this Christmas, uh, knowing that God is God is behind it all and and all out of love. Yeah, and and so again, we, we as I said before, we we don't want to get rid of all these other Christian Christmas things, but but man, I like your thought there, the recognition that all of this Christmas stuff. Uh, comes from God, and of course, the greatest is that the fact is He gave us His Son Jesus to be our Savior. Yeah. Um, we we need to get back though to what we started last week because yes. otherwise we're going to be in trouble. Uh, we we were talking about the final judgment, which of course is is why Jesus came so that we we can be saved at the final judgment. Uh, we did the picture of the people on the right. Uh, talked about the fact that the, the, they were, this was given them before the foundation of the world. Uh, you did a good job, I think, Matt, of reminding us that, yeah, there's good works. There's got to be good works where there's faith, there will be fruit. But that's not why God saves us. That's the fruit of the fact that God has saved us. Was there anything else you wanted to say about the people on the right? Uh, and then maybe we better talk about the people on the left. Yeah, I, I was just going to share this, John. I think that an, yeah. an interesting insight, you know, we, we're blessed with— uh, um, some great Bible commentaries and and the uh, Concordia commentary series that is, is still being written even, uh, but some just great scholarship there. But the 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 uh, commentary of Matthew by by Dr. Jeff Gibbs, who taught at Concordia Seminary for uh, many years, he um, he has an insight into this that I thought was interesting, and I hope I I hope I'm characterizing his insight uh, correctly. But but here it is, John. So you got the 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 sheep and the goats separated, and who is who is gathered there um, and is separated? Verse 32, um, who is gathered before Jesus? Did you see that? All nations, it says. All yeah, nations, all right? the nations. So yeah, gathered all, all the, nations. the nations. So it kind of harkens, you know, at, you know to, to uh, reminds us of Matthew 28, right? Yeah. Uh, Go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So here's the last day, and you have all the nations gathered before Jesus, and these are the, the nations that, that people have gone out into, now, Jesus' disciples, us, Jesus' followers today, and uh, to make disciples of them, to share the gospel with them. And of those nations, all the nations that are gathered before Jesus, some have believed that gospel message, and some have not. Some are the sheep, and some are the goats, right? Uh, and then... Um, as, as we see that there, those who are on the right, those who, are, uh, who, who have heard the gospel message and have believed, right, has received it, uh, then Jesus commends them for, um, yeah, for, for, for feeding the hungry and giving thirst to the thirsty, visiting uh, those in prison, right, John, clothing the naked. And then uh, Jesus, uh, you know, then when they say, when, Lord, did we do this for you? The king answers them. Could you read verse 40 again, John? Yes, I can. And okay. the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Yeah. Okay. So then, then this observation that when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, 
my brothers, you did it to me. Yeah. So in, in Matthew's gospel and elsewhere, who does Jesus call his brothers? His his disciples. His disciples. Yeah. So yeah. people believe in him. You know, remember that one time, you know, your mother and brothers are here to see you, Jesus. Yep. And, yep. and Jesus says, well, these are my mother and my brothers. You know, the, those who, who, who believe, right? Those who, who believe the word, those who know that Jesus is Savior. So this insight that perhaps, you know, we could look at this too as um, the brothers— those who are in Christ, right, the brothers, followers of Jesus, maybe we can look at this as those who went out into the nations to share the gospel, all right? And as they did that, there were some who believed that message, and guess what? They, they fed those who shared the gospel and gave them something to drink. And, and even when they were imprisoned for sharing the gospel of Jesus, guess what? They went and visited them in prison. And when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. So it's it's a little different perspective, I think, on on this this Matthew twenty five account that you know talking perhaps as well about um, the nations uh, who have received the gospel and believed, and, and the ways in which they showed a kindness and love to those who delivered the gospel message, the brothers of Christ, uh, as they as they went and made those disciples. So I, I just I just to throw that out there, John, I thought that was an interesting insight, and maybe that's a way to understand this text in a more narrow sense. But boy, um, I I still think that we can understand it certainly in the broad sense of yeah, of loving every neighbor and every person and giving food and drink and clothing and visiting uh, in Christ's name. But I I just wanted to share that insight. Thought it was interesting. And, and another verse that would support that interpretation is from Matthew ten forty two, where he says, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I yeah. say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And, and Mark connection. is even more direct. He says, for truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, it will by no means lose his reward. Um, and yeah. the other thing— And see, a reward talk, you yeah, even. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, the, the one thing I had never noticed before until this year, and, I, and I've studied this text probably a hundred times, is that this text is spoken to 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 the disciples. Uh, Matthew explicitly says this, yes. and, and the parables they weren't spoken to his enemies; they were yeah. spoken to the people who who heard, who should have believed, and, and some did, and and some didn't. So I think that's a that's a good insight. Yeah, uh, spoken to the brothers. That's what's being spoken yep, to. You know. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting insight, kind of a narrow sense of, of understanding this, right? Who, who's being fed and, and visited in prison, right? Um, but yet, I, I think, you know, kind of a neat insight. And, and I think we still want to, I think it's okay to still see this in a broad sense that, yeah, it's all people. It's our neighbor, whoever they are, the, especially like we talked about last week, those who might be overlooked by the world, to see them as, as these righteous do and to, to care for them. And, and the only comment I would add before we move on to the uh, uh, the people on the left is I hope people realize there will be a test at the final judgment. And I hope you know we're giving you the answers. We're giving the answers. You do not say, you do not say, oh, yeah, Jesus, we did all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, do not say that. Oh, yeah, sure, we should go to heaven. We did. No, no, you should say, when when did we see you and do those things? That that's the key thing. <laughs> that's the correct answer to the question at the final exam. Um, yeah. Anything more, or, or do you? Or should we talk? No, about that, I think it's good. I, I just and it is a beautiful thing. When did we do these things? They, they did them. We get the impression without even 
giving thought. That's just yeah. A, yeah. as followers of Jesus, as a Christian, that's just what you do. You, you just you just clothe the naked and you give food to the hungry and maybe you don't even think about it. You're not as you do those things, you don't think, God, I hope you're seeing me do this. You know, <laughs> that, I, I hope I get a reward for this. No, you, you just you just do them right, and you just love yeah. your neighbor. And uh, sometimes we do that well, sometimes not as well. But I, I love that response. When did we do that, Lord? You know, they, they don't even, it seems they don't even think about it. They just do it. Um, which actually brings us to the second thing you need to know for the final exam. Shall I read the, the people on the left? Yeah, let's, let's do it, John. Verse then 41. He will, and... Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry... And you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, some, some insights here, too. And, you know, if you, if you continue to run with that theme of, you know, if Jesus is talking about caring for, feeding, visiting those who are bringing the gospel message, um, boy, these, these who are on the left, they— they just disregarded it, right? Didn't feed them, didn't give them yeah. something to drink, wouldn't visit them. Uh, they just, they ignored them. And Jesus is saying, oh boy, you know, um, when you didn't do it to one of these, you didn't do it to me, you know? So a rejection of them is a rejection of Jesus, right? Um, so I, I think in that sense, we could see it. But but also I think that broader sense, and, and rightly so, of, of, of any neighbor. Um, if, if, you know, when we don't, just as, as when we love our neighbor, we're, we're showing that love for Christ, uh, you know, the, the opposite is true, that when we don't show that love for neighbor, boy, we're not showing that love for, for Christ. And, and the thing that always struck me about this, Matt, uh, and again, talking about knowing the right answer when you get to the final judgment, if, if Jesus would come up to me and say, you know, John, I was hungry and you didn't fed me, uh, my yeah. answer wouldn't be, oh, well, well, when did I see you and not do that, Jesus? Of course I would have done that for you if I'd seen you. Uh, uh, but, of course, I, my response would be, Lord, have mercy on me, because yes. <laughs> I, I know countless examples of when I have not uh, given food and drink and visited and, and clothed. And I mean, I, yeah, no, Lord, you're right. These are things I have failed to do. Uh, Lord, forgive me. Um, so anyway, that's how I was always struck yeah. by this second half here. I agree, and I think it, it kind of reminds me of even all the way back to Cain and Abel, right? Oh, uh, yeah. God comes and he calls uh, Cain on his sin, and he, instead of repenting, you know, and he, instead he says, you know, am I my brother's keeper? You know, he, he makes excuses. And no, no, just repent, confess it. The, the other thing I, that's, I think, uh, significant in these verses is, uh, depart from me, uh, you curse into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah, and just yeah. that that acknowledgement that that eternal fire really wasn't prepared. God did not intend that for that to be for people, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yet, you know, yeah, prepare for the devil and his angels. Those who reject him, you know, are no longer in his presence in heaven. But yet, uh, we see the sad reality that uh, for those who 
or uh, want to be, choose to be uh, apart from Christ in this life and reject Him, um, they will be apart from Him in, in, uh, at, at Christ's return. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, like, uh, like the Bible says in the Old and the New Testament, God does not desire the death of the wicked, yes. but that they would repent and live. So no, he really didn't make a place for the people. But, but yeah, if you, if you don't want to live with God, there's, there's only two options. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's no Airbnb for you to choose. It's either you're either with God or you're without God. And if you're without God, that is hell. That is hell. And it always struck me, I think that's what makes hell so hellish, is because it really wasn't designed for us. It's it's not, as you talked about last week, the place that's been prepared for us. And that's exactly. Because yeah. he actually yeah. did prepare a place for yes, these he... people on yes. the left, but they, they, they didn't want that place. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a place yeah. prepared for the devil and his angels, not for them, but yet that's where they're going. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing is, you know, we could look at this, I think, in terms of, of stewardship, too, you oh, know, yeah. in that perspective. So, you know, we think of, uh, again, as we mentioned earlier, God is the one who's blessed us with all that we have, with, with our food, with our drink, with our clothing, with our time. So what do we do with those things? Do we use our food and our drink and our clothing and our time to, to feed and to give drink and clothe and, and visit people? Uh, or do we use it selfishly? You know, these on the left, what did they do with their food and their drink and their clothing? I mean, yeah. I think we can only assume that they kept it to themselves. <laughs> they just used it for selfish purposes. Uh, it benefited no one but them. Um, and we're called to do more than that, you know, something uh, more beautiful and loving than that, uh, to use the resources that God has given. Because God God gave clothing and food to, to both those on the right and the left, right? But they used those gifts from God in vastly different ways. And as Christians, uh, we use it to, to feed, to, 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 to give drink to, to clothe, to visit uh, our neighbor uh, out, of, out of love for them, out of love for Christ. So, yeah, I think there's a, a, it could be a stewardship message here, too, certainly, for us to learn from as well. And, and I think, uh, see, the thing, I, I think all of this stuff about the end of the world, and it all ends up with some kind of judgment, whether it's about the virgins or the, uh, the two sons or, or whatever. Uh, uh, and I, I think this is Jesus trying to help his disciples understand why he's going to go die on the cross. Uh, mm, and I think mm-hmm. if we really appreciate mm-hmm. this, we, we can't hear this and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the people Jesus is talking about. The people don't do any good, you know, not like me, thank heavens. Which, of course, see, you already got the answer wrong, don't you? Because <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to say, oh, I don't know that I've done anything. Or, or oh, Lord, you're right. Maybe I haven't done what I should do. Uh, to, for us to realize that all of us could go to hell. We really could. We could. In fact, probably we, we should. deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, so that includes you and me. Uh, but the fact that's what Jesus died on the cross, and that's what changes everything, isn't it? The, the faith that, that they have been blessed, that they have inherited uh, something prepared before the foundation of the world, before they did anything. And, of course, it does bear fruit. It does bear fruit, but it's all all coming just from Jesus Christ and, and his love and his salvation. In fact, it's interesting, nothing bad is mentioned about either people, is it? He doesn't say you committed adultery or murder, uh, but no, he just said, because they're all forgiven, they're all forgiven. But some people don't want that forgiveness, and God help us that we do. Uh, well, Matt, thank you. Thank you again for uh, this discussion, and thank you for f- f- filling in for me with Vincent. We'll bring an elf next week. This has been Wrestling with the Basics.